Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One of the most critical things is to take a look at the relationship that you have with your team. Being able to have an honest reflection of what that relationship truly is, because the stronger the relationship, the stronger the trust, the easier it is to create that safe space for these conversations. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey there, welcome to the show. Today we have a special guest for you. Kelly Beatty is the president at First Star Consulting Group and an expert in uh, training trainers for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she helps individuals and organizations to develop their staff, build their leadership teams. And she's got a particular focus on emotional intelligence. And that's going to come in uh, in today's conversation. Uh, her whole approach to culture building and change focuses on the importance of communicating difficult topics, having difficult conversations. And she gives you and executives and their teams, everyone, the tools they need to feel emotionally comfortable dealing with some of the most contentious social topics today. So that's a tall order uh, <laughs> and something that not everyone's doing. So I'm, I'm very excited, Kelly, to welcome you to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Kelly. It's our pleasure. So today we're going to be talking uh, uh, within that bucket of topics, particularly about managing invisible dissent within teams and companies. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that topic and what we're talking about there. But before we do, we want to get to know you a little bit. And let's start by, if you would, take us back to your first or earliest memory of yourself as a leader. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating because the leadership, I started in the late 90s uh, as a computer instructor. And when I speak to the college students that I talk to, I tell them that I actually used to teach people how to email. <laughs> oh, that and was the thing. Are, we had to be taught how to email. I love that. Yes. I, yes, there was a class on how to teach somebody how to email. So I was leading these leaders and how to create software, how to use Excel, how to use Word, uh, and really started to get connected into staff development, leadership development. And that's where I started doing Train the Trainer, where I was working with other instructors to help them develop their presence in the classroom. Because when you're training adults, it's very different. You have to have a much different approach than when you are training children, right? Adults come in and they they have an immediate need for whatever it is that you're talking about. And if you don't connect the material directly to them immediately, you've lost them. So there and is so a, a real leadership secret there, Kelly, that you just brought out is that every person on your team, they have needs, they've got things they want to accomplish. And the more that you can be aware of 
and tie into those in your leadership, the more effective you're going to be. Absolutely. Yes, leadership is not cookie cutter. Leadership is I have to know the individual and meet that person where they are and understand where they want to go and then help them bridge that gap from where they are to where they want to be. Absolutely. And so that's going to take us into some of the the questions that we're addressing today. I think we still need people to teach us how to email, right? Absolutely. I think there's still classes. (laughs) I mean, we may know the technical how to open and hit send, but what should be in that email that's going to make it effective? That's a whole different uh, episode. We'll save that for another, another show. As we're getting into talking about some of these tough conversations and and listening to everyone and invisible dissent and so on in the the wor- the leadership space right now in in business is that we are asking our leaders to do more and more it's it's uh, there's the output that the team is there to achieve we're we've got a, a team that's there to produce results of some kind but the context that that team exists in is life and it's society and it's the world. And and so more and more we're asking leaders, our leaders are being asked to listen, to have some of these challenging conversations that they didn't necessarily sign up for, but if they care about their people and they care about the productivity of their team and they care about the health and wellness of everyone, there's a natural need for that. Absolutely. So yeah, as you're, as you're thinking about the nature of these kinds of conversations, what what's coming up for you? What are some of the observations or encouragements that you have for leaders as they're, they're looking at having some of these challenging conversations or trying to just hold space for their teams to have some of these conversations? Yeah, so I think one of the most critical things is to take a look at the relationship that you have with your team being able to have an honest reflection of what that relationship truly is, because the stronger the relationship, the stronger the trust, the stronger the mutual purpose and the same goals and objectives, the easier it is to create that safe space for these conversations. So when we're talking about really difficult discussions, if there is a trust between us and I know without a doubt that you have my best interest at heart and that we're moving towards the same goal, I am more able to hear a difficult message than if those elements are not present. People don't get upset over the content. They more often get upset over the intent. The intent or the perceived intent, right? Right. Absolutely. Yes. And we filter, we filter that through the relationship. And your people filter that through the relationship they have with you or through one another. Correct. You have respect for each other. Let's remember that in this conversation. And so it builds that safe space for them to be able to talk openly and honestly, but also most importantly, respectfully. So can you take that to the level of a leader who's, you know, we're looking at our team or our organization and, and, recognizing that there is uh, some frustration um, with, let's say, company policies that are perceived mm-hmm. as un- unjust or insensitive mm-hmm. um, on, on a particular issue. 
you know, opinions can vary widely on, on these yes. things by people who are well-meaning. And so you're looking at that situation and going, gosh, on the one hand, we've got to do something with this because it's preventing us from doing our work. On the other hand, we've got work we need to be doing. Work to do. You know, uh, what do you recommend? Where do you recommend leaders take those situations? What What are some suggestions you have for us? Absolutely. Well, most importantly, it's important that the employee feel heard, and it's not that it's not that we're encouraging people to change policy, right? Then that was a great time where a lot of organizations are reviewing some of their policies to make sure that they are inclusive, to make sure that they are representing all employees. If employees are upset regarding a current policy, it's important to hear them out, to listen to them, and to just be a sounding board for that. And then being able, depending on what the policy is, is it within your control to change? So how do you go about creating that conversation in a way that works with that diversity of voices and opinions and perspectives? Or do you need to create that conversation? Is it better? Do you deal with it individually? What are some of your suggestions in that regard? I would, I would, depending on the team dynamics, and I say that in my very best consulting, right? It depends. That's the consultant answer. Um, depending on the team dynamics, if that safety is already inherent, if it's a strong team, then absolutely we can have a team discussion and talk about it as a group and being able to manage the differing opinions and the differing perspectives, because that's what makes a strong team is we want that diversity within the group and to be able to hear one person refer and say, no, I really like that policy and hear the other side saying, well, that doesn't work for me for these reasons and having both be okay. It doesn't have to be a one or the other. We can have a group of perspectives and have them all be correct. And that's where many people struggle is that when you're talking about true inclusion, it's about being having everybody's voice be heard and making sure that we are respecting people from their perspective. Respecting people from their perspective. What does that mean when what's coming up for me is that people have some different definitions of mm -hmm. of what that looks like. And so if I'm if you're respecting me from my perspective, for me, that might just mean you leave me alone and let me do my work. And for other people, it might mean something yeah. that's it's radically more uh, aggressive than that. Okay. Aggressive how? That, you know, if you respect me, you're going to take my opinion. You're going to go do something with it that you're going to, okay. you know, like you can have a range of, uh, yeah. and I have, I've worked on teams where, where I've had that one person's version of respect is, Hey, just, I just need to be left alone. Let me do my work. That's what I'm here mm -hmm. to do. And, you know, other people who, if you are not actively working against this, you are actually working against me and disrespecting my right to whatever exist, hold this opinion, you know, what, what have you. Well, that's where, that's where clear expectations come in. Um, and it goes back to what's within my control in my position, in the organization, what's within my control currently. I have the opportunity to be able to change policy because I happen to own my own business, right? But in organizations that I go in and I work with, I don't have control to change their policies, right? I can encourage them. I can 
I can make recommendations. And so as leaders, I encourage you to think about where is your locus of control, right? What do you have control over within your position? Do you have that opportunity? If I am a middle manager or a first time supervisor, you may not have that. And so it's about setting expectations and about understanding, saying, you know what, I hear what you are saying and I am going to bring it to those people. So I am respecting your perspective and I'm going to do what's in my control in order to make change if change is necessary. If you are the type that says, I, I voice my opinion, now I just want to go back to work, I'm also going to respect that. Right, so it's about managing those expectations and managing what you have control over. And here's the tough part, being honest about those two things. Yeah, right? yeah. Not saying, yes, I'm gonna go and change this when you don't have control to change it, but to have that difficult conversation and to say, you know what, David, I, am, I, I hear what you are saying and I understand that you are upset and I am gonna go and bring this to the appropriate people and then I'll let you know what they say. And I want to take this just down a, a level deeper because I, I, we're talking in concepts, and I think that 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 the the concepts make sense. But you know, there are so many issues that people are having to deal with right now. So let's just take some that are like you know front and center right now. So you've got uh, many organizations that are figuring out their return to the office uh, type of of policies, and you've got everything from we're all going back to we're staying virtual forever to work where it makes sense, office occasional, all kinds of different approaches um, and and heated feelings and, and lots, of feelings. lots of feelings and and they depend on the individual and on their personality. You've got some people who are like, hey, this is great. Other people are like, ah, that doesn't work. Other people are, oh, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to feel left out. I'm going to be overlooked. And, you know, mm -hmm. lots of of those kinds of, of situations. And so you're a you're you know, and, and that doesn't even get into vaccinated, unvaccinated, all the rest. Let's oh just let's no. just right. Let's just stick with this idea of, you know, I, I'm a manager, I'm a leader, I, I've got a department I'm, I'm running in this organization. And let's say that strategically right now, the guidance is we're going to go office uh, occasional, you know, want to get everybody in the office once a week. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's flexibility around that. Let's say that right now that's the, the place that we're okay. operating. And you've got team members who, you know, are upset with that for various reasons. Some people it's not enough. Sure. Some people it's too much. Some people it's too restrictive. Some people it's too loosey goosey, you know? yes. uh, all that sort of thing. Cause we're talking about as a leader, listening to every voice, managing invisible dissent, um, yes. hearing that, bringing it up, right? Mm -hmm. But in a productive way that's healthy. So I, I'm curious how you might coach or advise a leader who is finding themselves in the middle of that situation Yes. and trying to maintain team morale, team connection, team integrity to do the work that they're to do in a healthy way. Absolutely. And it goes back to meeting them, meeting your employees where they are and being able to listen and hear what they what are their what are their major concerns? If it's if it's not enough, why is it not enough? If it's too much, why is where are there where where are they hesitating? 
and really being able to mitigate those situations. And again, going back to what's within my control. Do I have the, do I have the opportunity to say, you know what, David really wants to come back two days a week. And in my situation with the way that my department is laid out, it's safe for him to come back two days a week. So I'm going to say that David can come back two days a week. Kelly doesn't want to come back at all because she's nervous because her mother is, you know, susceptible and she's, you know, she's the primary caretaker of her mom. And so do I have flexibility within that to be able to manage both sides in leadership? It is a lot of work because good leaders really spend the time to focus in on their people. And when they can do that, then the team is more productive and they get more done. Oftentimes leaders will spend 80% of the time trying to get stuff done and 20% of the time on the people. And the best leaders actually flip that. And it's more like 60 to 80% is spent on the people. And then the rest of the time is spent on meetings and getting stuff done. And by being able to lead through others and take that time to work, especially in like, this is unprecedented. And we hear that a lot, right? Over the last 18 months, we hear we are in unprecedented times. We are still there. And it has, the pandemic has truly affected people in the most widely variety of ways. People are reacting to it in a broad, like in, in the full spectrum. And as a leader, I have to be okay with that because if Kelly doesn't want to come back to work because of her family situation, again, what can I, what's within my control to manage that? If the answer is no, because there are some organizations that just, hey, we need everybody back, then it's having that direct conversation and saying, you know what, Kelly, I am really sorry. This is this is what we need to do. And yeah. I will help you in any way that I can, but it's about setting the appropriate expectations. What leaders sometimes do is they sugarcoat the message because they don't wanna hurt feelings and they, then it becomes open to interpretation. And yeah. then we get, we get some misunderstanding because if there's not a direct message sent, especially in a most difficult conversation, if the message is not direct, then I can come back and say, well, I thought you said this. And because people hear, you know, all of, all of the listeners are listening to the exact words that we're speaking to each other right now. But if they were to go, I'm going to say when they go and talk about the podcast to a friend of theirs, there will be a different interpretation of what we've said, even though they heard the exact, the exact same words. words. Yeah. Right. And so really being able to mitigate it in the United States, communication is based on roughly between 80 to 90% of nonverbals which opens up a huge opportunity for miscommunication, right? As we are talking, I might fold my arms and you might read it as me being closed off, where in reality, my house is 58 degrees because my furnace doesn't work, 
right? And so it's about being able to have really good conversations. And if I see a shift in nonverbals, to be able to say, hey, David, what do you, like, just tell me what you're thinking right now. And have you be able to say, it's freezing in my house, my furnace just broke. And being to be that transparent. And so by being able to have very direct but respectful conversations. So I want to include the respect part. Um, it's empathy. It's about being emotionally intelligent in these conversations. It's about meeting the people where they're at, but being direct and, and making sure that the message sent is the message that is received. And it that goes, goes back to the relationship that you're talking about. In order to have those conversations, you've got to have that relationship and have built that trust. You know, as, as you're talking, there are, I was just taking some notes here, several things that are coming up for me um, that I want to unpack in, in that answer that you shared with us. Um, and the first is when you talked about flipping the, the time that we're spending on getting things done versus focusing on the people, you were talking 60 to 80% of a leader's time spent focused on the people and unpacking that just a little bit, what we're talking about there and what I heard you say, so getting back to the interpretation part, right? Yeah. Is we're talking about investing in your people, yes. meeting them where they are, building that relationship, equipping them, supporting them, helping them to be effective. The goal here is that they are performing, that they're coming together as a team and they're doing the work far more than you could ever do if you were just focused on, quote, getting it done. Right. That's what leadership is all about. It's bringing people together to do more than you do yourself. So the that we, we around here, we call it putting people before projects. It's absolutely it's not that the project it's not people and never project It's people then project. Right. So that you've got that investment in the right order. Absolutely. Another element that I think is important to highlight in what you were saying and this is a critical one that I think a lot of leaders struggle with. Well, if I don't have control over it, you know, what do I do? What, what conversation do I have? Or do I have control over it? So from, for me, there is a, before I'm entertaining these conversations with people, I need to get really clear on where I do have flexibility and where I do have some purview and where I don't. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we use the, the idea of there are hard lines in every organization where yeah. I do not have decision-making ability on this. This is the rule. It's the regulation. It's the way the brand standard is. When you use the logo, you use it this way, right? You don't have <laughs> flexibility to turn it on its side or any of that kind of thing. But then there are guidelines and that's where I start to say, okay, I have some flexibility. And if you're not sure about those, go and ask and yes. get that clarity. Yeah, talk yes. to your manager, talk to whoever the decision makers are. And if it's unclear, you can serve your organization by driving for that clarity and having those conversations up. It's one of the ways that you'll serve your people. So Kelly, you didn't say all that, but I wanted to draw that out because I know that's one oh, of those areas that, that people can struggle with. I appreciate you bringing that together because it was, an, it was a great summary of really what we were talking about. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in, in Courageous Cultures, our, our latest book, we talk about building teams of, of problem solvers, micro innovators, and customer advocates where raising your hand and having the frank discussions is the cultural norm yes. as opposed to safe silence, right? Yes. 
And and it's ultimately that's one of the reasons I wanted to to have this conversation with you was because invisible dissent can hamstring a team. You know, yes. when when people don't agree with a decision but haven't voiced their concerns or opposition, like it comes out somewhere. Oh, it does. Absolutely. So when when you talk about invisible dissent, let's define terms a little bit for us. So what are we talking about when you talk about invisible dissent and and ensuring that we're hearing these things? Let's start. What are we talking about? Then we'll tap into what we do with it. It's invisible dissent is the concept that um, similar to how you were describing when people are un, people are upset, people are angry about what's happening in an organization, but they don't say anything. So it becomes, it starts to fester and it starts to um, erode morale because then it becomes, this is an awful place to work versus I'm having a bad day, right? And so if I don't have a forum, if I, if as a leader, I don't create a forum or a space that it's safe for people to come in. And there are a lot of times where people just come into my office and say, Kelly, I'm gonna vent for about 15 minutes. I don't need you to do anything. I just I just need to say all of the unemotionally intelligent things that I, I have in my brain. And I just need someone to say them too. Okay, those, they rant. Do you feel better? Much better. Then we are able to have a good conversation about all of those emotions that they were feeling and to be able to create a healthy way for that to come out publicly, right? Because it's, it's not about, it's not about changing the emotion or getting them to change their mind. It's about being able for them to express themselves in a healthy manner. And that's when, that's how leaders can start to disrupt this invisible dissent is by saying, and it's going to take some time. So I just want to make that clear. Uh, it's not a, hey, I'm going to call a meeting Friday afternoon and let's talk about this because people are, will be a little bit. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's going on? But it's about doing, it's about those little steps and saying, you know, I'm going to start having 15 minute one-on-ones with people where they can just, how are you, how are you doing? Right, not necessarily talking about business, but how are you? And as and to reserve space for the silly conversation about the erratic bus schedules, right? Right, to be able to connect with people in a different way, to build those relationships. And then when I when I know you as a person, then I can start to feel safe and to say, hey, you know what, David is having similar issues with the bus that I am wow, he's, he is a human being because we often, some, we will oftentimes, well, it's leadership's fault, but if we can humanize leadership and their people and say, oh, well, no, they would never do that to me. And so it brings it to a human element. And now I can say, you know what, David, I really have a problem and I can talk to you about it. And it starts to erode that invisible dissent because now I have a platform and I have a safe space that I can come and share my concerns. And then having, making sure that expectations are clear that because you come to me, it doesn't mean I have control to change it. It just is giving you a space to voice your opinion. 
and so then let's, we'll decide how to go from there. Let's take that one step farther because I know that one of the challenges that many leaders face and the reluctance to entertain otherwise invisible dissent is that they don't know what to do with it. Yep. Um, you know, so if I'm speaking on behalf of a listener who's saying, gosh, I'm, I'm hearing you, Kelly, and I mean, oh man, if I open the door to this stuff, like I'm gonna have to sit there and listen to people tell, I don't like this decision. Yep. And well, I don't know what to do with that. You know, it's the decision. <laughs> so what recommendations do you have for leaders when we get that far? We've got the person in our in our uh, Zoom meeting, just the two of us, and they're saying, hey, listen, David, I got to be honest with you, man. I do not like this decision. I think it stinks. Tell me why. And they, really? they share their why and they, okay. they go through the why, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times, a lot of times, people have a initial reaction to change and they immediately resist. It could be everybody's going to get a bonus of $5,000 if X, Y, and Z happens. And there's going to be a group of people that are going to respond and be like, wait a minute, what do we have to do for the five? You know, they're going to, it's an, it's initial reaction to change. And so by holding space and letting them explain their why they can start to, talk themselves and saying, well, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe my reason is I'm, I'm trying to work it out. How is this going to work? And allowing them to talk out their why gives them that path to say, oh, now I understand how it's going to work. If they really don't like the decision, I want to hear why, because is there something that I forgot about as a leader? Because leaders are in meetings a lot of the time and they are doing what they think is in the best interest of their people and to vet it through the actual people to say, is this going to work can sometimes be helpful. Oftentimes decisions come down. I, as a leader have to come down and say, Hey, this is what we decided. And there's going to be people that are like, what, why are we doing this? Hear them out. And then it goes back to, do I have an opportunity? to take their feedback and make change? Like, do I have time? Do I have the ability to affect change and to go back to the decision makers and say, we kind of forgot about this element and have that conversation? Or is it a, this is a command decision? Or maybe we didn't forget about that. We did have that conversation and that yeah. decision was made anyway. Correct. And yeah, totally aware that you're not liking it for these reasons. Yep. And, and we had that, and it's about being able, it really comes down, David, to being able to have the honest conversation to say, yes, I, I know that I, you know, when we were talking about it, I knew that some people were going to have an issue with this. We had that conversation as to why we thought, but this is what we decided, but it's, it's about, or being honest and saying, you know what, we didn't think about that. I'm going to bring that back. But, or, yeah. but oftentimes when we are leading others, there's a feeling that we have to have all the answers. Yeah. And you don't, I, and I think what you're saying, one of the things I'm hearing is, A, no, we don't have to have all the answers. B, mm -hmm. you don't have to solve people's emotions. No. And I think that that's a critical element here is when you are helping to bring invisible dissent and make it audible, make it visible. 
and, and get it a voice, you don't have to solve it. It's listening. It's being okay with somebody else not being okay. That's a real hurt. It's a real pain. But I can listen to it. I can empathize. I can understand that it's happening, you know, and be, and be aware of it. But it's okay for people to not be okay. It is. And it's, it, as leaders, it's, it's our responsibility to listen, but we don't have to own their emotions, right? I, if, if you are upset because of a policy, it's my job as a leader to hear you out and to be able to communicate back to you. The other thing that leaders can do is to be extremely clear on how decisions are being made and why. Oftentimes, they might go to a group of trusted um, individuals and they just want their opinion and say, hey, we're thinking about changing this HR policy. Well, the decision making is not clear and the group of people think that they are the decision makers versus we are just consulting you to get your opinion, but we are going to decide. So when policies are when policies are being changed, make sure as an organization, it is clear how that decision is being made. Who owns the decision? It's one of the most important mm-hmm. conversations that it, yeah. one of the least had and most important conversations in any organization. Who owns that's, the that's decision? A lot, of this, a lot of where the miscommunication comes in is because if you ask my opinion on it, I think I have input where you just might want to hear my opinion, but ultimately you're going to decide. And, and it's still input and it still can be influential, but you need to know who's making that decision. Is this group voting? Is one person making it? Are we doing exactly. a consensus? What is the deal here? Exactly. So the more clarity you can have around that, the, the better equipped people are going to be to voice their opinions and dissent in a way that is persuasive to whoever is actually making the decision. Exactly. You know, one of my one of my favorite on this topic, you reminded me of, of uh, something that that I used to say quite a bit when I would have a, a disgruntled team member about a particular direction of the thing, you know, well, I don't like this. And to validate that emotion say, hey, I get it. I understand you don't like it. And here's why I'm hearing you don't like it. And as your leader, I'm not asking you to like it. Correct. I'm, I'm not trying to change your emotion around this. What I am asking is, can you do this? Right. Can you can you join with us as a team and do this going forward? Mm-hmm. Because this is the decision. Yes. And if there we need to adjust address the process, let's address the process. If we need to address the input, let's address the input. If there are problems or injustices or systemic things that we need to look at, let's look at those. Yes. Absolutely. But yes. otherwise, sometimes decisions don't go the way we want them to. Right. That's okay. Correct. Yes. And so it's it's really about allowing space and to be able to be heard, making sure that and, and just the way that you explained it to say, I understand you don't like it. Can you, are you able to do it? And when when leaders have these really difficult conversations about a change in behavior, a change in policy, they often will end it because they are because they are uncomfortable. They will end it with, do you understand? And understanding is not agreement. So really encouraging leaders to change their language and being really specific. 
And I, I really appreciated the way that you described that situation. I'm asking you to do it. Are you able to do it? It's very clear language and not saying, well, do you understand? Well, yes, I understand. But understanding is not agreement. And it, I can and, understand the policy, but I don't agree to it. And it has that that implicit like forced thing. Are you going to like it the way I want you to? And which is just silly. We can't do that. Or we could try, but that's right. where the division and the frustration right. creeps in, and the inauthenticity and all that kind of thing. Correct. Well, Kelly, we have we have ranged far and wide on the subject here. For <laughs> for those who would like to connect with you and and find out more about your work and and uh, and maybe talk with you individually about how you can yeah. serve them or their their organization. Um, where will people find you? Well, honestly, um, I am, most of my business is word of mouth. Um, I don't have a website. Um, so people can connect with me via LinkedIn. And I think that there's a link. Um, that yes, we will. We will yep. get a link for you in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't, I like, I am just kind of ground roots. <laughs> Uh, doing uh, doing this kind of work, helping to helping organizations and and leading through change. All right. Well, word of mouth is the best reference you can get. That means you're doing something right and helping people and and yeah. when they spread the word. So love to uh, you know have every leader be able to benefit from the ability to get invisible dissent on the table to make it visible, to make it audible, so that we ha are having robust conversations, getting all the perspectives we need as we're making decisions, as we're moving forward together. And so thank you for being with us and sharing your wisdom to help leaders do that today. Uh, really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope to connect again soon. All right. Well, that's Kelly Beatty. we're talking about voicing invisible dissent, getting all the perspectives out there so that you can be the leader you want your boss to be. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.